Are you a service-based business owner looking to increase profits to fund your lifestyle? Well, this podcast is for you. We bring you inspirational guests sharing actionable tips to solve many of the struggles you face each and every day. And now, over to your host, Paul Higgins. Welcome to the Build, Live, Give podcast. If you're a first-time listener and you love what you hear, please subscribe. If you're a regular, thanks for your support. And both of you, if you've got any questions, you can always, or questions you want to ask me or the guests, you can go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash questions, leave your questions, and I'll definitely reply. And also, feel free to take notes, and there's lots of great notes to take in this interview with our guests today, but there'll also be a full transcription as well for you. So our guest today is someone that has lived and worked in more than 30 countries. She has been hiring or recruiting for remote workers ever since she started to work. So she knows a lot about this space and that and she's not someone who's just got on the wave of lots of people now moving remote because of COVID and other changes in the world. And she covers three, at least three things that you should really listen to the rest of this for. One is the countries that are hot to hire from at the moment. The second is how you really need to create a vision for the role. And it's different to what you may think when it, when we think of the word vision. And the third is How do you look for those motivational habits, those soft skills that are so important? She's got a very unique aspect of looking at that. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Anna Shabina from letsremotivate.com. So welcome, Anna Shabina from Remotivate to the Build, Live, Give podcast. Great to have you here, Anna. Hey, Paul. Very nice to be here. Honestly, thanks for having me. Well, we've had some wonderful conversations, including the one that we just had prior to coming on. I feel like this is our second podcast. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, you, you're such a joy to uh, to listen to, and I know you're going to share lots of uh, wisdom today. But why don't we just sort of kick off when someone asks you, "Hey, Anna, you know, what does Remotivate do? How do you best describe that?" Absolutely. So at Remotivate, we help online businesses mostly hire remote staff all over the world. Excellent. And when you say all over the world, are there, (laughs) you know, particular, you know, is it only English speaking? Is it, you know, multi-language? Yeah, that's a great question. So we do focus on English speaking candidates, but we hire them anywhere. I mean, we've had candidates from Nigeria, South Africa, all over Europe, Eastern Europe, Latin America, Central America. I mean, the list goes on and on. We've hired from so many different countries. We actually have a little map on our website about that as well. But yes, it's definitely for English speaking companies. Yeah. And and is there, you know, there's normally, well, I suppose there's seasons of countries that are hot. So obviously, you know, the Philippines has been that for a long, long time. And then for sure. the development, there was a little bit of Vietnam that was coming up. I, I know myself, I've been doing a, a lot on Latin America, especially because, you know, the, the time zone into the, to mm-hmm. the US. But is there any pockets that, you know, may be coming up as opportunities to hire from that many yeah. people don't think about? Ah, yeah, absolutely. So I think with the Philippines, it's something that like India, the Philippines, Pakistan, I feel like a lot of those um, Asian countries was something that was popular. And I mean, it's still popular, but there are definitely some up and coming areas. I feel like Eastern Europe is no longer a secret. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I won't even mention it. But I feel like uh, an area or some areas that people are not as aware about are Latin America and Central America because first, it's so close to the U.S. So the English level of the candidates is so much higher than a lot of the European candidates, which is very surprising. But most of them are going to like American schools and all of that. And so those those places you get really qualified candidates, amazing salaries, like affordable salaries for smaller businesses that are starting off and they can get high quality candidates that have a great English level and as a desire for growth. So definitely those places I, I highly recommend. Yeah, and any particular countries within those? That's a great question. I mean, I've hired from a lot of the uh, Caribbean islands. Surprisingly, like the Bahamas have been really awesome. So we, we've hired from uh, smaller Caribbean islands. That's one. We've hired amazing people from Mexico, Argentina, as well as Chile. Surprisingly, they've been, yeah, some awesome, awesome countries to focus on. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, I'll have to add those to my list. Like we've been more <laughs> Venezuela, Colombia. That's where we've got, and especially there's been a lot of Venezuelans, which is very sad what's happening in their country yep. at the moment, that have moved into Absolutely. Colombia. And uh, the US dollar is incredibly you know, important to them and their families. So uh, we've certainly had some success there. So you, know, you talk about hiring uh, re- remote only and full-time remote mm-hmm. only, which uh, yes. I think is you know, great. It's, you know, it's certainly something that's very topical at the moment. So, so what do you know about hiring remote full-time people that many people miss or don't understand? I think that one of the most, like the biggest things that people really miss out on is the vision. And I, we call it the vision. Most people just call it creating a job description. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, but when we say vision work, it's really taking the time to figure out what the role is because in the past, in the corporate world, it was pretty standard, like the naming of a position. And right now it really has changed the name of a role, responsibilities, what it looks like, salary expectations, all of that. And I think what ends up happening is a lot of people that are looking for remote staff, they post a job description with what they expect and what they think they want and need, but the response they get, whether it's not enough candidates or not the right candidates, it's just not the best response usually. And they have to start it all over again. And we always say, start with the vision, which means really figure out what does success look like, get all those details, interview your staff, like get all the information you need for an important long-term role, but then go out and do the research. And a lot of companies don't do that. But even as a recruitment agency, one that where we're doing hiring on a daily basis, we still do our research for every single position based on requirements because every company is different, especially now. So it's so extremely important to start with the vision and figure all of those details out before venturing into actually hiring and attracting those candidates. Yeah, and, and and give us some um, give us some examples of what that vision you know give let paint the picture a little more because I get vision I get research but yeah maybe For you can sure. pull up an example or something that just gets us to say oh, okay now I really understand what that <laughs> well here's an example I mean th- something that's like the most obvious example that's not always obvious is the name of a position so for example we had a role that uh, a client said hey we need a customer success manager and I'm like okay yeah that's great we called it that we put together a really great job description we put it out there and what's really surprising Paul is the people that we got in were customer support 
support where they were looking for someone that's going to be talking to clients and handling like customer customer success, but from a client perspective. And so a month goes by, we're really like trying, we've gotten through hundreds and hundreds of candidates. We're like, what's going on? So we do our research all over again. We're figuring out what's happening. And we realize, well, what if we position it as an account manager? Like, what if we just rename the title? I mean, this happened like a few years ago and you won't believe it. We hired within like a week after renaming a role, nothing had changed on the job description and the name of position changed everything. And so now we have a golden rule though. We do so much research before starting a position. If within a week, the invites that we usually we're doing actually a lot of inviting manually in candidates from across different job boards. If we don't see success in a position, if we're not getting at least like a 10 to 15% conversion rate on our invites, we rename the position. I am not kidding you. This is like something that most people don't realize a lot of the success is really based on a name. I mean, we, we had a position like right now we're doing UI UX develop, uh, designer. We have so many applicants, like so many applicants because it is a clear understanding of what the role is. And there's so many great applications and qualified applicants. And I think that's, what's really important. That's just a ex- simple example of it, but there's yeah. so many, right? Like salaries and not in alignment. We've had that before. The job description is not in alignment with the position of the role. So people start reading and they're like, wait, what is this? <laughs> it sounds like it's senior, but then it's a junior. A great example. I, I actually talked to somebody who posted a head of partnerships. I'm like, oh, this sounds like a C-level position. <laughs> but then going through their job description, I was like, wait, this sounds very like junior role, just communicating with influencers and writing emails. And on the call with the client, they actually said, yeah, this is actually something that a VA can do. I'm like, wait, why did we just call this the head of partnerships? You're going to get people that are looking for hundred K plus salaries. Like this is completely off. And that's the thing with a lot of um, business owners, they don't realize, and even HR managers, and, and it's not a mistake. That's just, it's a common mistake. Yes. And it's yes. something that even can't be avoided sometimes, which is why I say, do your research, launch the, uh, the position, but also iterate, like be aware of what's happening. Are candidates applying? Are they good candidates? Because sometimes it has nothing to do with the sourcing. Yeah. And look, I, I must admit, even for myself, I find it hard sometimes to come up with a title because, you know, you know, we're all running, you know, online businesses, you know, it's, it's like, you know, there's certain tasks that you want someone to do. And if you bundle those tasks together, or sorry, if you decouple them, it makes a lot of sense. Then it's like, well, how do I cue that? So for example, at the moment, I'm after someone that'll do my social media, also do our, our webinars, also do some other things. So it's like a combination of roles and also of, sorry, it's a combination of tasks, but it's a combination of skills in a way. But what do I call Mm -hmm. that? You know, do I call right. it a social media manager? So, so in a situation like that, yeah, any advice on how someone, you know, looks at all the tasks they do to then come up with, well, what am I going to call the top? For sure. I'd say prioritize, right? Like what's, you probably have a list of tasks you want them to do, but their priority most likely will, it's not going to be like a 30, 30, 30, right? They're going to be probably 50% this, 20% this, you know, and then 30% something else. And so figuring out your priorities and then being able to do the research. And I can't say this enough. I know I'm going to, I'm just going to keep saying this, Paul, like research is so big. Why? Because you'll be able to actually see other, um, other job descriptions that have similar responsibilities or priorities and see what was the name of that title? Like what, how did they name that role? And so let's say you want them to do majority of it is going to be, you know, social media. 
name that as social media, because what ends up happening is they're going to be an expert in the majority of what you need to do. And sometimes they've touched base on other things. And you want to make sure that that's, you know, social media expert with experience in X, Y, and Z, the title will still be, you know, social media expert, you know, social media manager, but then in your requirements and in your process, you're going to add the other pieces that you absolutely need. So for example, in the UI UX designer position, we're actually looking for somebody with a limited or a little bit of experience in product management, which is technically not a direct, you know, thing, but it's something that a lot of UI UX designers actually touch based on. And so we've added that in our questionnaire. We don't put, we, we removed it from our title. I have to be honest. We had to remove that because it was scaring people away. But what we ended up happening is by having just UI UX designer, they go through the questionnaire and they said, oh yeah, we've had a year of experience in product management. And because it's not the majority, yeah. And because it's not the majority, it's, you know, it, it works out perfectly of attracting the right candidates. And so that's what I really recommend. Figure out your priorities, what's really important to you, and then name the role based on the majority of what they're doing and test for the remaining. Look, great advice. And, you know, as you know, you target a lot of six to seven figure online businesses, I suppose for, you know, our community, people are listening, they're normally service-based business owners, similar sort of sizes. What are a couple of roles that you see that, you know, because yes, you can always go and hire a VA either direct through an agency, et cetera, but what are some of the roles that you find that you're best to use a company like yourself for? Yeah, absolutely. I would say if you're going to go for an agency, go for an agent in GC for when it's like managerial leadership positions, because with a VA, you don't need a complex process and it's not going to be long-term, you know, she's helping out unless it is, unless it's like a super vital role for you. I'd say definitely go for an agency when you need a key position that's going to be super important for your business and take the time, really invest you the time into, into that. And so if you don't have the time, it's better to invest a little bit of money with an agency that understands and knows how to find, whether it's remote or not, depending on you know the needs of, of a business owner, but really putting in that time. And some of the most popular positions that we do and something that I see all the time with service businesses, agencies, is operations manager and marketing manager. Now, I'm, I'm saying that in a more general, <laughs> general way, but obviously we've had, there's different levels to it. Operations managers, head of operations, operations assistants, you name it, we have it. It's a whole range, same thing with marketing. But I'd say, you know, managerial or at least candidates who are self-sufficient, independent, are able to make decisions and independently manage campaigns. Those I already see as like mid to senior level positions. It's not somebody that you have to say A, B, C, follow exactly these directions. It's like, hey, here's something we need to do, go figure it out. <laughs> and, and you need to know how, and they need to know how to do it. And you need that level of candidate. So if you need someone independent that is going to have that initiative, then definitely I'd say use an agency if they're going to play a key role in the company. Great. And, you know, uh, timing, I suppose, is one of the biggest things. Like when you know, I worked in at Coca-Cola, like you always had the funds, right? So it was for you know, sure. It, it was a matter of, well, it was a matter of asking for a budget and then you could go and hire, right? With a small for business, sure. often, you know, you, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, when do I do it? Do I do it pre-revenue? Yeah. You know, when do I take a punt? Yeah. So what are some tips you can give on when the best time is to, to hire someone? I mean, this is such a tough question because it really, like, I have the same thing, right? When, when is it time to really hire? It, it's when you're scaling. And something that actually recently came up for my business as well, because I'm a service business too, is really the chicken and egg problem. 
because when you start having a lot of clients, then all of a sudden you're like, wait, but I need a team. You know, I need more people on the team. Well, how do I do this? You know, it is a chicken egg problem because if you don't have the clients, why would you hire the staff? And due to this problem that I've actually been facing myself in, in the terms of scaling, I realized that, and I actually saw somebody posted about this and I was like, wow, this is brilliant. Having an open-ended role that you need consistently. So let's say you need, you know, consistently new account managers once you hit a certain mark of clients, having just that position open and continuously slowly kind of sourcing for it and just slowly having candidates move through your process. So that way, anytime you need it, you're like, oh, it's right there. (laughs) They were going through, they just finished that process or they've been waiting just a few weeks and now we can bring them on. So I think this is going to be a great piece of advice because even I've gone through this, just have something open-ended and that way you'll have those people available to pick out when you need them, but it does come down to scale, right? So understanding when you're scaling or at least anticipating when that time is, and that's when you need to start bringing on people. Now, when it comes to leadership, that's a whole different conversation. It really depends on how much you want to delegate, how much you can handle. And that's like a whole conversation on, you know, being self-aware. Let's be honest. That, that's about being self-aware of letting go of, you know, responsibility and letting go of that a part of that leadership. And that really, you know, business owner to business owner is very different times. I've talked to people who are ready to like go at, uh, you know, staff number one, first employee. And I've had people with a hundred employees and no leadership team whatsoever. I've had it all. It really comes yeah. down to the business owner. Yeah. It's funny. Like my wife still says that I was delegating as I came, as I was born, I think I was definitely born a delegator and my team could, uh, <laughs> could account for that. But what about, you know, you know, there's a lot of freelance experts mm-hmm. versus hiring someone, you know, so for example, around, you know, you know, certainly around marketing, et cetera, there's a lot of marketing experts and you can hire them for specific skills that can work with your team versus bringing someone, you know, full-time into the business. You know, what's your experience on when you go one versus the other? That's such a great question. I think it just comes down to what you need. If you need a project, then, you know, it's realistic. It's like, hey, do I need a marketer for just this campaign? Okay, then that's a freelancer. Whereas, hey, I need somebody consistently helping with my marketing. So for example, for us, we've grown referral base. And so marketing is something that we're just touching base on. And I need someone full time on my social media because I tried going that direction by myself. And I was like, yeah, no way. (laughs) Delegating this. I figured it out. We've built all the, the moving parts. And I've gone into it where I need to be. And now I'm like, it's time to step away, but I need that person consistently month after month. And so it's just being realistic and understanding which parts of your business need, you know, I need to put out a fire and where is it, this person is going to play a major role for the long term. Yeah, and look, I know you've said the importance of research, which I completely agree. And I know around hiring, you got to, you know, a great five-step process. But just, you know, if you had to pick out a couple of things that people, once again, normally miss or skip that you Mm -hmm. know are really important, yeah, let us know that. In the process itself, do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, the first thing is, well, research, yeah, for sure. Vision work in general, right? Identify, when I say vision work, I just, I don't mean just research and a job description. I mean, identifying keys of success. Like what does success actually look like for your position? And I think a lot of businesses are hiring for the fires rather than, hey, what is this person going to do after the fires, (laughs) right? And so that's why I always say, what does success look like 
like the when within a month, but then in six months, like what does that look like? And what kind of person is going to be able to do what you need now as well as in the future? Because when you identify that, then you can put that in your process. We put that in our questionnaire. We put that in our soft skills test. We even put that in our video. We want to see certain types of people. We're looking at certain criteria or soft skills, and we're able to see that across their different, you know, points of the touch points that we have in our process. And so I'd say it's extremely important to really identify what success looks like. And something that really is important is motivation. And I can't say that enough. And I think people really don't realize that soft skills and motivation, they can't be learned. Skills can be learned. If somebody doesn't know Facebook ads, they can take a course and they become an expert, right? That's, it's so fast. It's so easy to learn. You can't learn to have loyalty and character and independence. You can't learn to want to do something. And that's why I always say motivation is so important and is absolutely the key for long-term success. Because if somebody is motivated by making a difference in the world, especially if a company needs that, if they're motivated by uh, personal growth, they want to grow. If they're not telling you like, hey, this is a great example. I want to start my own business in a year. Will they really be sticking around if they're saying that they want to be a business owner? And nothing wrong with that. I always encourage candidates to be like, hey, like, what are your dreams? I actually ask candidates on interviews, what will make you happy? Because that's really important. By understanding and supporting them through the interview, you're able to see not what you need, but what they want, and then be able to understand whether that is in alignment with what you can provide to them. Because a lot of the times you'll find that most of the times you'll find that there's going to be a mismatch in what they're, what they are looking for and what they can provide to a company in the long term. So definitely that motivations piece. Yeah. And I know, and, and, you know, with your title, no doubt, remotivated to, as a great look back <laughs> yes. to, to that. I don't know, it's something you're passionate about. Just quickly, those, you know, how do you tell, you know, what do you use certain uh, tools? Like how do you tell around someone's personality, et cetera, those, some of those soft skills, what, what are the ways that you're using at the moment to, to identify those? Absolutely. So we do have a soft skills test, which we actually create. We have a list of questions based on the type of personality, certain traits that we're looking out for. But I always tell everyone, read between the lines. Like if a candidate responds with a one liner, how much does he actually, how much energy is he putting into that, right? So I think it's really important to watch how they respond and the questions you ask. But when it comes to motivations, I think the interview is the ultimate test for it. Like the, all the other pieces are spread out. And of course, we're looking into that. But I think the interview really gives you a lot because one, they've gone through the entire process. That's the first indicator for me that they really care. And I always say caring is so important to the motivations piece. Yes. And two, during the interview itself, you're really be able to ask those questions that, you know, like, like you, you really want to be able to dig into their whys. I always say that because th when you know what they want out of life, because if they just say, Hey, I want like a 70 K salary, I'm like, but why, you know, dig three, three, you know, cents deeper, go three times deeper. So if they say, Hey, yeah, I'm just looking for a job uh, where I can do Facebook ads or I can do operations. And I say, why? It's like, well, because I've done this in the past and I want to keep growing. Why? Well, I want to be an expert in X, Y, Z. So by digging deeper, you actually sometimes get their really like, of course, you're not going to get into their soul in 30 minutes, <laughs> but you're going to get close enough. And I will tell you, if you create, and I always say this as well, if you create a comfortable space for people, if you make them feel like there's no wrong answer, if you make them feel like that they can truly share what, how they feel and what they feel, 
they'll give it all away. <laughs> and, and really it's listening, right? Asking a question, making them comfortable and listening. And I think that's, what's really going to be the tell in terms of motivations and why they're there. Yeah. Brilliant. And you know, the, the last question in this section is around that, that pricing, right? Cause I, I must admit, you know, I haven't been in corporate for nearly 10 years, but whenever I hear recruiting, I think, oh, there's a 25% uh, fee, you know, that the person will want, you know, it's a highest salaried role. It's not what I'm used to from re- recruiting remote people where, like you said, you're tapping into different um, economies where, you know, success for them in, in the, in a, in a salary is very different to what, you know, some other countries mean. So just sort of, yeah, give us a little bit of an insight into that because I'm sure a lot of people are listening or, or watching at the moment thinking, this sounds really great, Anna, but, you know, I keep <laughs> thinking my corporate days and this is going to cost me a bomb. For sure, for sure. So I think those are two questions. I'm just going to take them one at a time. In terms of salaries, for managerial positions, it goes anywhere from 2K and up, which is going to be really surprising. But I've hired amazing people with leadership, either juniors with leadership potential at like 1500 to 2K. But you can definitely find managers in that range. I'd say the managers are anywhere between junior at 1500 all the way up to 4K. And I'm talking mid-tier right now. We're not talking about yeah. crazy C-levels, right? Small to medium yeah. businesses. And we're talking USA and- here. Yes, USD. So $1,500 to about $4,000 is the junior to mid-tier potential managers or have some sort of background or already managers and have that experience. So that's not going to break the bank yeah. <laughs> or like it's, it really isn't. Uh, if you're, you know, making, if you're kind of making even like 10 to 20 K a month, you can afford a, a $2,000 manager. That's in terms of, you know, a salaries and all over the world. I'm talking Latin America, the Caribbean, Eastern Europe, Philippines is even cheaper, I would say, but I do find that the Philippines is time zone wise, not as comfortable for a lot of um, companies. So that's the first piece. The second piece is yes, old school agencies would charge, you know, 15 to even 30% of salary, like the salary. And that's crazy. It's very corporate. So old school, the company tells you that go the other way. (laughs) Um, I, I definitely say there's a lot more newer agencies that are offering just reasonable prices. I mean, even right now we offer three, to $5,000 per role. And it's, that's really reasonable. I mean, I've, I had a conversation we're, we're hiring for this remote company, a C-level position, it's 5,000. And for them, they're like, wait, what? <laughs> like 5k for, I'm like, yeah, of course. Like th- those are, that's okay. Those prices are absolutely fine. And yes, we're not, this is not like a COO for a nine figure business. These are small to medium businesses looking, you know, they're at hundred or 60 people and they need for them. A C-level role is very different than a company making 250 million, but it's still absolutely worth the money because most corporate companies are, or cor- corporate agencies, they're going to be, you know, with recruitment agencies, they're going to be crazy, crazy amounts, like 20% from a COO salary i mean you can imagine it's not five thousand dollars no, that's great so that's yeah. given us a a really yeah. good well certainly for me that's opened up a lot more opportunities to using someone like Absolutely. yourself versus you know all the hard work that that goes with uh trying to do it yourself and you know like we've all done it you know we throw into facebook groups that we know or we ask peers and like you know 
sometimes, you know, your time is so valuable. It, I always believe, yes, get an expert in to, to fast track it because if sure. you're- And yeah. there are recruiters too, you know, there, there are recruiters out there that I would say are even cheaper. They're not agencies. They don't have as many much experience. They're going to need to be managed a little bit more, but they're even cheaper. And I mean, under 1K and they're going to help you just sort with all the sourcing. It, it's definitely possible. You just know have to know where to look and do, again, do a little bit of research, find a company that has done, you know, has the knowledge, understands what they're doing, um, whether it's a recruiter or an agency, but it's definitely worth it than spending, you know, 20 to 50,000 on one hire. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And, you know, remember cheap is, is not always the best is time, the quality <laughs> and the investment of your time as well. So, you know, we're being, or we are continuing to listen to Anna. So, uh, Let's remotivate.com as a website. But before we go into the live section, I'd like to talk to you about creating a sales machine that's going to help you deliver one to three high paying clients a month, right? What it is, is 14 questions. It'll take you about three minutes to go through and you can get that at Paul Higgins mentoring forward slash pulse. And uh, I apologize that is my transplant medication telling me that I need to take it. So I'll just put that aside. I should have had it on silent. Sorry about that. But if I don't grab that, it goes straight to my wife and I'll wake her up. So that's, uh, that's not as good as well. So this is uh, a little bit of a, a side segment to the, to the ad. But honestly, if you're really looking for what is the gap, you know, what, what do I need to do? Go and fill out this quick pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash pulse. So Anna, back to you and the live section. So what are some daily habits that you do that, that helps you be successful? That is such a great question. And the reason why I love it is because I've actually had quite a few friends ask me the same thing. They're like, how do you get so much done? And I'm like, how have you done so much in the last like three, four years, build up the business? Like, how, how do you do it all? And I cannot tell you, it's, it seems so simple. Like the answer and the thing that I have consistently done, it seems so simple, but it has absolutely changed my life. And that is I've learned to show up for myself every single day, especially in the mornings, waking up and just showing up for myself, whether that's meditation, journaling, coffee, uh, exercise, whatever it may be that the routine is, which it does change, but it's about just showing up for myself because then for the rest of the day, I'm able to show up for others and bring that. And when I wasn't doing that, when I didn't know about that, I wasn't, I didn't have the same energy. I didn't have that same amount of like output of giving. And so I'd say one of the biggest habits that I have learned and has changed my life and has gotten to me where I am is being able to first show up for yourself and take care of yourself and then be able to take care of everyone else. Yeah, I, I love that. And uh, you know, I'm a huge uh, supporter of uh, Stephen Covey. Uh, sadly, he's not with us anymore, but he wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And that it's got two upside down triangles. And the, you know they always say, look after you first. So you've got to be the best you before you can go and help others. So I think very much aligned Absolutely. with that, your philosophy there. So the next section is the give section. And what's a charity or a community that you are passionate about and why? Absolutely. So, so I come from Ukraine to give a little bit of information here. And I grew up trying to work online. Like I wanted to work online and I did not know how to do it. 
And because of my background and whole story there that I'm not going to get into too much, I just didn't have a lot of opportunities. And I found Upwork and I just, I found this online space and I had no idea what to do about it. And I had all the drive, motivation, experience, skills, like you name it, I had it. What I did not have is information. I didn't have anyone who could tell me what to do, how to do it. Just give me like a conversation that will get me in that door. And since then I've I've traveled, I've built out a business about around this and this right now, though I am helping business owners, something that I'm extremely passionate. And what we're doing with my team is actually building out different projects that will help people all over the world, learn how to start working remotely because they have the skills, they have everything sometimes in their arsenal, but they just don't have that information. And so that's what I'm really passionate about. And my entire team is working towards that, creating and supporting people who want to start working online and being able to support themselves, especially if in the area that they live, they don't have those opportunities. Yeah, brilliant. Fantastic. I, I, I love that. And look, for for me, I, I support a charity called thepurplehouse.org.au and it provides essential dialysis services to Indigenous people in Australia. So my book, Build, Live, Give, all the proceeds of that go to, to that charity and also a percentage of my revenue goes to that charity as well. So you can find out more at thepurplehouse.org. .au. So the last section is the rapid fire section. We'll ask you some questions and get some rapid fire responses. So the first one is what piece of tech is essential for running your business? I'd say we have a few, but it's pretty straightforward. We use things like uh, the G Suite and Front, Asana, Notion. We love our project management tools because the better the tools, the faster we can work and the better service that we can provide for our clients. Uh, we actually have our entire G Suite is actually automated. So everything, all the databases, everything has been automated. It's beautiful. Our clients love it. So we have an internal system that we have created for ourselves and clients. And it is awesome. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> What, now, I know this is not about you know, hiring amazing uh, remote people, but what's your best sales tip? Oh, I actually absolutely love sales. And it's going to sound so counterintuitive, but asking questions and just listening has been the best thing you could possibly do in sales. Like the less you speak, the better you sell. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be my my key tip there. Yeah, yes, uh, great. And uh, what's the best source of new ideas for you? I would just say talking to people. I constantly talk to business owners within my community online, and there's amazing, amazing sites that actually have communities of business owners as well. Clarity FM is great. There is one growth mentor, if I'm not mistaken as well, that you can sign up like on a monthly fee and get access to hundreds, if not thousands of different business owners and specialists. And so for me, the biggest source of just ideas and growth and learning has just been getting on a call having a conversation and amazing things usually happen in those moments. Yeah. And I've got to say, thanks Zoom. Like, you know, it's just been an amazing tool to tap into that. For uh, sure. the world. So the last question is the big question. I always leave it to the end for that reason, but what impact do you want to leave on the world? Absolutely. I think I touched base a little bit on this, but I really want to help. And this is an initiative that it has been in my mind. It's brewing. It's definitely in the works, but I want to help 1 million people go remote. Uh, the ones who have either not gone there or who know about it, but have not been able to do it. 
if that was, if I had to choose like one thing to change in this world and, and, you know, leave behind, it's that I I was able to have a hand in helping 1 million people learn how to work remotely and create and be self-sufficient, create opportunities for themselves. Brilliant. Well, look, you can find more about Anna and her amazing team at letsremotivate.com. You can also go and get a free 30-minute consultation with Anna. You can just go to letsremotivate.com forward slash apply, and that'll take you directly to that. But uh, thanks for coming on and sharing your wisdom today, Anna. I love what you're doing. And uh, yeah, I'm sure that a lot of people listening right now will be contacting you. So uh, well done for, uh, for sharing your wisdom today. Thanks so much, Paul. It was a pleasure being here. Excellent. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. I thoroughly enjoyed that interview with Anna, and I hope you did as well. I loved how she talked about how accessible it is. The rates and the fees that she mentioned were very much in favor, I think, of someone like you running your own business. And also, I love that, you know, the ops and marketing roles. I know they're the two things that I struggle the most with. Fortunately, I've got a fantastic ops, but the marketing I struggle with, I actually spoke to a post this in looking to hire someone. So, um, Remember that she's got a free consultation available for you to work through this more. You can go to letsremotivate.com forward slash apply. Also, as I mentioned in there was the sales, you know, setting up a sales machine to get you one to three high paying clients. So if that's of interest to you, go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash pulse. So please Take action to build, live, and give. Thanks for listening to the Build, Live, Give podcast. If you like what you heard, please share it and leave us a review. It would mean the world to us.